Good morning and welcome to the Business Leadership Live. It is Friday, June 8th. This is actually our third time. I've been having some technical difficulties, so hopefully we can get this. Um, this show, as mentioned, it's the first of its kind. We invite amazing business leaders, subject matter experts, and, and quite frankly, interesting folks to dis- discuss the latest innovations, current issues that could help you move the needle. Uh, by providing actual recommendations. I am your host, Edwin Frendozo. Today, I'm, I'm super excited to introduce a friend of mine, my guest, Astawa Lam. He's the co-founder of DXM Media. Welcome to the show, Astawa. Thank you for joining hey, us. Hey, Edwin. Thanks for having me. I'm super happy to be here. No, I'm super excited. Thank you again for your patience as I was getting this radio, this, this show up. But thank God it's Friday. But I'm yes. super excited. Yeah, I'm really super excited about this topic that, that you and I are going to talk about. It's, it's, the episode is called Why School is a Prison for Entrepreneurs. So with that, Astawa, I want to know why are you so passionate about this topic now? Personally for me, I've, I'm, I'm still in school right now. So my kind of backstory is the last year, um, I took off from school and I said, you know what, I'm going to take this year and I'm going to go all in on my business. And it was definitely one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. It was one of the best years of my life. It was one of the best years of the business. And I, I learned so much more by going to meetings every single day and emailing and doing projects than I did in a semester's worth of class. It's insane how much you learn by just doing on your own as opposed to being in a class. And so... It's something I'm really passionate about because I've always been the kind of guy that gets, wants to get his hands dirty, wants to build things, and school didn't really allow for that. It was always slow, and they were feeding information, and they, and they expected you to regurgitate it in a test format. And you couldn't—I I didn't see any—I didn't see the things that I was learning actually being applied, and I wasn't having fun with it. But business was always fun for me, and I thought—I thought business as a way to take what I was learning, apply it, and take from it too. It's been fun. Awesome. So just, just to clarify, Estella, were you in school already and you decided, you consciously said, you know what, I'm just going to start my business, I'm going to go full time, or or are you just starting school again? Like, like, how did you get into this situation right now? Sure. So I've been at school uh, for my degree for a little bit. So for my company, DSM Creative, we've been operating for about four years now. But it was always on and off and kind of part-time, you know, because we had things like school and my business partner, we were both still in school and we had, like, other part-time jobs and stuff. So our business, you know, the thing that we were really passionate about, even though we were passionate about it, it never showed our actions because our time was taken up by school and working on the job. So um, I think it was May, May, May to August 2017 when I – it was the end of the spring term. Yeah, at the end of spring term, August 2017, I said, you know what, this next year, I have to take it off. Because if I don't do this now, if I don't take this year off to build my business, then I might not have this time again. And really, I didn't even want, I didn't have any big benchmarks or goals that, oh, I want to hit like $100,000 or I want to get like X, X number of clients. I just wanted to take a year and see what would happen if I went all in, if I, if I spent 40, 60, 80 hours a week working on nothing but my venture. I wanted to see what would happen. Oh, that's interesting. And, that, and for the listeners out there who may be, you know, tuning in and maybe they're sitting in school, maybe maybe they're they're in class, their headphones are not really listening. <laughs> what like would you tell? Hey, like, what would you tell them? Like, like, what really? I know you said I want to go all in, 
but but how did you like explain this to people around you, all, all your family and your good friends? To my family, I kind of told them that, hey, this year off thing that I'm doing with my business, I can actually use it as a part of my co-op for school. Um, so I kind of use that as, like, my excuse to get out of it, which, you know, they're on board with. Like, if it's for school, quote-unquote, then they're not going to argue with it. But with my friends and stuff, they really – they definitely applauded it. And because it's something that everyone wants to do and everyone daydreams of doing, but, it, you know, it, 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 it is a risk because it, it is not, like – a path that's been blazed already and it's hard to just get up and kind of leave everything. It's hard to get up and leave like a job or a school for a little bit and do this thing that you don't know if it's going to work out or not. But for, for those people, I would say, look, if, if you don't do it now, you're A, you're not going to find out if it works. B, you're not going to find out if you're really passionate about it either. Because sometimes, you know, when you're daydreaming, doing this business in SaaS or doing a business or make, making these apps or starting a fashion line, it might sound great in your head, but you won't know if you really enjoy it unless you start spending your days doing it. So that's another great, like, great reason why you should just dabble in it a little bit more. So to anyone like that's listening in class right now, I would say, I, I wouldn't say drop out of school completely, but I really would make a deliberate effort to carve out a couple of hours of your week to start building on that side hustle. So what, so, I mean, that's really interesting because the side hustle, the gig economy, that's, that's really big right now, um, you know, having a number of projects on the side. But what, you know, like, I mean, there's really big differences from doing a side hustle versus this is all I'm doing. Like, tell me about right. that and, and, and that change you did and, and, how, and, and how difficult it was it coming back to making it a side hustle, per se. <laughs> Yeah, so DSM was always a side hustle, and it, and it kind of started as a side hustle. You know, we we wanted to make a couple of websites just to get some pocket cash and start other businesses, but it became a full-time business, A, because we just started making time for it, and B, you know, we found out that we were really, we really did have an affinity for technology and digital marketing, and that's, not, and that's something that we couldn't have discovered if we didn't go up full, full-time on it. Um, so... When a side hustle becomes a, a full-time business or like a real business, it, it only becomes that as a result of your commitment to it. And, but but it can't just be a blind romantic payment either. Like the cash flow has to be there as well because if you're doing this thing 40, 80 hours a week, unless you have another part-time job just to sustain yourself, you need the cash from your business to keep going because how, how else are you going to keep running? Like we all have bills. We all have food that we need to eat. So you can't like – a, be committed to it, but also, on the other hand, don't be blindly romantic about it and make sure the cash flow is there, too. So I would say keep it a side hustle and keep, you know, stay in school and have a part-time job and all that until your side hustle is allowing you to, you know, quote-unquote, break even on your at least monthly expenses and you can start supplementing your uh, part-time income with your uh, business income, too. So, but beyond that, like, it, it is really personal. Like, for me, I... I took a big risk because I didn't have that many savings or anything like that saved up. I, I just knew that I have to do this now. So I was kind of naive about it, but it really did pay off for me. But that's it kind of comes down to your personality. Well, no, that's good for you. And it definitely teaches you a little bit about entrepreneurship when this is, you know, going all in and teaching you about the cash flow. But I, I just want to change gears and not maybe change gears because it was a huge impact statement when you said, Edwin, let's talk about why, why school is a prison. <laughs> Like, like, yeah. why, why are you saying that? And, and is there a reason why entrepreneurs should be in school? 
is there a reason entrepreneurs should be in school? That's a good question. Um, I did a video on LinkedIn a while ago talking about kind of a subject. Uh, in the video, just paraphrasing, I kind of said that my my thoughts around this are if you want to – if you consider yourself an entrepreneur and you want to, like, build a business, going to school for – going to business school isn't the best idea because business school will, will teach you a bunch of um, systems and frameworks and all these different charts and everything to kind of plug things into but it doesn't teach you how to make those things that you're plugging into it. It's really good at teaching you how to organize information, but it's not the best at teaching you how to create, how to innovate, how to be disruptive, think outside the box, and just make. So business school as it is right now in 2018, it's great for anyone who wants to work at a large corporation. And and what really annoys me too is when you're in class, your professors will always, will always tell you, oh, you need to know this because your boss is going to ask for it, and if you can't do a balance sheet like this or you can't do this item like that, then your boss is going to be mad at you. And if you never hear about – you never hear professors saying, hey, you should know how to do this because your customers are going to look to you and your employees are going to look to you. And there's never any ownership around – there's never a conversation around ownership in classes, which really bugs me too. Everyone – it seems like classes are really just structured to – brew out really good employees that last for a little while, but not entrepreneurs who can really push the envelope of society forward, too. So that that's why this is really important to me. Like, I, I don't think entrepreneurs who want to disrupt and entrepreneurs who want to build great businesses need to go to a business school. I think if, if you do have to go to school for whatever reason, I think you're much better off going to school for something technical, whether that's mm-hmm. computer science, um, an actual skill that you can use to build something. But I, I don't recommend going to a business school to um, learn how to organize information. There's tons of free resources out there that you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars getting. So yeah, of don't course. go to so, business school if you don't. Yeah. So I guess I guess the, it begs the question: What are you taking now, and why why are you still there? So I'm finishing up my marketing management degree. So mm. I'm still there for social mobility. You know. Um, I'm already so deep into like my third year, and my parents are looking forward to this. So I'm kind of doing this for them. But at the same mm-hmm. time, though, I do have to say, coming back to school after a year, I, I definitely entered it with a different mindset too. I'm not looking at it as as a student looking to get grades and just pass the exam. I'm looking at my classes now as what can I take from this class and apply it to my business to grow. And when you come to class that kind of mindset, I think you start to en- – I've seen, I've seen myself start to enjoy class a little bit more. And you walk away with more actionable items than just memorizing things to spit back out on a test. That's interesting. So tell me more. Like, are there any specific classes or courses or projects that you have just recently been in that, that you took it back to your business and applied it right away? Um, definitely manage your accounting. Uh, just looking at different cost structures and how you can uh, position your pricing and uh, just internal cost structures of producing your goods you know, and services to to be at a certain rate and how, how you keep certain margins. It's obviously for any startup or any small business, cash flow is the biggest thing. So that's been that's that's kind of like a boring thing, but to me, like that's been a big game changer because it makes you think differently about. Um, how you're billing clients, how paying yourself, what's left for the company, what does the company need for next month, or what is, how much money does the company need to do this initiative that you want to pull off. So not, not the sexiest thing, but managerial accounting has definitely been something that I'm paying attention to. Oh, no. that and statistics. <laughs> Analytics. 
Um, yeah, I love Analytics, so that's a big thing for me. Well, it's really interesting, Estella, before we before we went live, uh, you had mentioned, you know, just being able to balance now because your business is growing um, and now you're back to school. So tell me how you're balancing, like, the schoolwork or the projects and actual projects sure. that are paying you money. Yes. So in August 2017, when, you know, when we started going full-time, I kind of saw – school because I knew I had to come back to school in May 2018 so I saw that May 2018 as like a countdown as like a big menacing clock just counting down the days and hours and minutes until I had to come back to school so what I so I knew that was coming so mm-hmm. everything I tried to do from from August 2017 to May 2018 was making sure all the pieces and all the processes and all the gears are in place that if I step away for a little bit or if I'm not as present in the business that it can still run without me and we did that by, you know, I have, a, I have a great business partner, Ali Raza, and he's phenomenal. So working with him and the rest of the, the team that we work with and all of the clients, we built our, our process in such a way that if I step away for a little bit, things won't crumble. I can trust Ali to get things done. I can trust the members of her team to get things done. And I can trust – and, and I set the precedent with clients on how we work, too, without, you know, letting them down or making and making sure that deliverables get delivered on time, that we meet their expectations. So it's – so balancing it now is it's still difficult, but it would be a lot harder if I hadn't set up those processes before I started school. So it was like school really Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so school like with that countdown, that really helped you put that mindset in terms of yeah. of getting to and it's funny you say that for me in my business, I find when I have a vacation coming up where I'm gonna be gone for like three weeks, that's mm-hmm. sort of my countdown to make sure everything's running yeah. by then. So, you wanna work harder, right? You want to work hard and you want to enjoy that time. So do you find yourself, though, in class, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, prison is a huge word. Like, are you finding yourself, like, you're in class just looking out, out the window and dream, dreaming when the bell rings? Honestly, sometimes. Um, and, <laughs> it, and that's more so because of just the mindset of school, the mindset of students. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like, school – even though it aspires to be something that, you know, inspires people and produces innovators, that, that's, that's the cool, fluffy stuff that school likes to talk about in their marketing and PR. But school, at the end of the day, you know, when you're in class, teachers are there because, and they're teaching you these things because you need them for your midterm or your final. And students are there because they have to be there and they have to be parades. So being around that, just it just really brings me down. You know, when I was full-time, like, I work out of a co-working space in, La- in Brampton called Lab B. Mm-hmm. And being here every single day, you're around all these entrepreneurs and you're around all these business people and these creatives who are working every day to do something exciting and improve their business. And they're always on the, they're always on the edge of the seat. And they're not doing it because they have to get a grade or they have to get something. They're doing it because they're truly passionate about it. And that passion doesn't really exist in schools. So it, it, it's suffocating being in that environment a little bit. Right, right. Well, I mean, I think I think all the power to you for ensuring that you complete something. Right, it's one thing to to quit school and then do things, but it's also you know you committed to finish the program and do that. Yeah. Um, question for you, and I, I know this is more on the personal side because both Atal sure. and I know each other, but I know start a weekends. I, I I met you originally from a start a weekend. If yeah. you had, what are your thoughts on that type of education for entrepreneurs or those type of experiences? Startup Weekend is actually one of the the best schools for entrepreneurs. It's 54 hours of just jam-packed, nonstop business building. Like, 
in 54 hours, you'll learn how to build a business from idea to market validation to having an MVP or a prototype, and then finally pitching it to judges and investors. So it's a great way to have a kind of condensed boot camp business school. And and you learn it the real way. You don't learn a bunch of theories that you don't need. You don't learn, um, you know, best optimal performance level for supply chain. You don't learn things that you don't need. What you learn in Startup Weekend is, what is a customer? What's a customer's problem? Can we solve that? Can we solve that? Is that a need worth addressing? And mm-hmm. can we do it well while making a dollar? And at the end of the day, when you boil this down to it, like that's that's what it's about. It's about your people and making them happy. So start weekend top. I so yeah, we met start weekend PO 2017. Uh, you were facilitating in IQPA, so my team came in third place. And that mm-hmm. weekend was. So much fun. I really did learn a lot more that weekend than I did in probably a week of school. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, Startup Week so, in Toronto. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Startup yeah, Week in Toronto. Toronto. Definitely shout out to Startup Week in Toronto. So tell us about that. Shout out to Startup Week in Toronto. Some great people organizing it. Startup Week in Toronto is happening June 22nd and 24th. It's uh, taking place at the Ryerson DMZ, which was actually named the, I believe, the world's number one university incubator. So, Huge deal that Startup Weekend is taking place there. Um, if anyone who's listening and wants to like start dabbling in startups or, you know, like I mentioned, like you don't want, you can't leave your job or you can't drop out of school right now, but you still have this itch that you want to scratch, Startup Weekend mm. is definitely the, is the perfect sandbox where you get your hands dirty and start playing with it. So, um, check them out on Twitter. They are SW6, so that's SW number six and then IX. And then they got a link in the bio for all the tickets and everything. So, a bunch of great people coming out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. I have one question, and I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to this, Astala. If you had if you had a magic wand, and mm-hmm. what would you make this education system look like uh, that could be successful both for entrepreneurs and non entrepreneurs? What 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 would that system look like, or that that programming look like? That's a good question. I think about this every now and then too, and. I'm glad that we're seeing more startup incubators and startup kind of hubs populate in schools. Like, like I mentioned, Ryerson has a DMZ. I know University of Toronto Mississauga has their IQ. Sheridan has their EDGE. So those are good community hubs to have within the schools for curious students to drop in and start working on things and just be exposed to entrepreneurship for, for the first time. But at the same time, though, entrepreneurship is for everyone, and not everyone is meant to build a business. And mm-hmm. some people want to be – some people are meant to be great employees, and that's, that's awesome. We need those people as well. So maybe maybe this is, like, really out there and super aspirational, but it would be cool to see one – like, if people go to business school, like it would be cool to see if there's one continuous class that you take from semester one all the way to your final semester with a capstone where you are building a business, and you're doing it with the guidance of a teacher, and you, you form a small company with your classmates. Like, if there can be different companies within the same classroom, it could be three to five people a group. And throughout these four, five, six years that you're at school, you start building up this company. And maybe by the end of the first semester, you, your, your uh, what's it called? Your goal should be to launch an MVP. And then throughout the next uh, three years or three and a half years, you keep refining the MVP. And then maybe your capstone is, a final pitch to like big investors and and you show them like how you've grown in the past four years. That way you get hands dirty and the people that in the kids in class can you know scratch that itch. But the kids that are in class that are in class that want to be more employees and maybe they'll have that 
uh, entrepreneurial bit to them, they can still, you know, play a role in that company. They could be an accountant or they could be a marketing person or they be an HR person. I think that would be a really cool way to um, start shifting that needle towards more of an entrepreneurial output for schools. Um, additionally, too, I think what needs to be done is just the, just the issues talked about in classrooms, whatever class mm-hmm. it is, like the gap to classroom marketing class, if they're, if they're tailored to be, to be more relevant case studies, like something that's happening in the news, then that way you can just tie your, back, tie your learning back to the real world. And just that connection itself helps cement that learning a lot better and helps you care about the material a lot more, too. No, that's great. I mean, this stuff is really interesting to me. I have a, a, I know you're aware, but I have a young daughter at two years old, and she. Mm-hmm. Uh, I question what, what's, what's happening with the education system and just the way things are changing and every, every year. I think things are new. I mean, my daughter knows how to navigate iPhones already, which is pretty nuts to awesome. me. So, yeah, no, so it's great. But, Estelle, before we end, uh, thank you. First off, thank you again for joining me on the show. Where can we, sure. for the listeners, find more information about you, the projects you're working on, or, or anything that you're really excited to, to share with us today? Definitely. First and foremost, guys, go check out Startup Weekend in Toronto. So, again, that's at Twitter. That's at SW6, the number 6, I-X. Great event happening, uh, DMV, June 22nd and 24th, all about blockchain, crypto, and AI. So if you ever want to learn about these technologies or just see what it's like to be around people who are hustling and bustling to build a business, Startup Weekend is the place to be. Um, second, if you want to learn about my company, DXM Creative, you can find it at dxm.to. That's a website. And you connect with me on LinkedIn, just search up Astawa, and uh, find my writing and blogs and podcasts and all that on medium.com slash at Astawa. That's A-S-T-A-W-A. Awesome, Astawa. It's been a pleasure as always. Hopefully I could get you back on and we could talk about more things, whether it's the education, how things are changing, or mm-hmm. something that new that we need to discuss and really just break 100%. it down. But uh, for all the listeners, again, Thank you for joining us this on today's episode of the Business Leadership Live. We had just updated our website, so this will be archived there. If you go to thebusinessleadership.com slash live, Astawa's episode will be up there. You can get more information about him uh, from there as well. And again, I do have a podcast. It's called the Business Leadership Podcast. And this week, our latest guest was Mike Wessing- Wessinger. He's the CEO, co-founder of Point Click Care, which is a global leader in senior healthcare, EHR technology. It was such an amazing conversation where he talks about growing, scaling his company from 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 you know a family business to a multinational company. Uh, you could catch the Business Leadership Podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or, or wherever you listen to your podcast. To be quite frank, but again, that's a wrap. It's Friday. This is the Business Leadership Live. Tune in um, on Monday where we talk about PR. My guest will be Lyndon Johnson. So, uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you again, and Edwin signing off.